G'day team. I hope you're bloody terrific. Welcome to another installment of life. I hope you're doing great and uh, taking a few risks and making a few hard decisions and rolling up your sleeves and having a crack and giving yourself a kick in the bum, but also a bit of a hug, all that stuff, all that normal human stuff. I want to talk to you today about the first time, the first doing something for the first time and the potential in doing something for the first time, the potential in trying, the potential in having a crack. So over the years as a coach and as a teacher and as a personal trainer and exercise scientist and a high performance bloody person with teams and individuals and all that stuff, it's been my privilege to help lots of people with their firsts. Now, I've just been the cheer squad or the educator or the coach. I didn't do it. They did it. But it's been a privilege. It's been an honor. It's been amazing to watch people do stuff for the first time. So, you know, their first workout, their first marathon, their first uh, small business, their first speaking engagement, their first radio interview, their first Olympic Games. I've trained a quite a bunch of Olympians for their first ever Games. First time being fit and healthy and strong for some people. First time in their life, in their 40s or 50s, being in a functional, lean, healthy body. First time gaining control of their eating. First time taking a stand. First time being strong and saying no. First time not being used and abused and treated like an emotional doormat. First day as a mature age student. I love that. I love watching people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s starting something, learning, opening an academic door, not necessarily because anyone needs to be an academic, but how great is learning? How great is curiosity? How great is programming our brain and our mind with new stuff, with exposing ourselves to new ideas so that we keep this this thing that lives inside of our scone, this brain that kind of drives us and regulates us so that we keep it young and we keep it healthy and we keep it in a condition that's going to serve us for a long term and a long time. Let's just go with long time. First podcast interview for lots of people. That's been fun. So many people have done their first podcast with me on my other show, The You Project, and at the end of it gone, that was so much fun, so much fun. And just opening a door on a new experience for people. First year of sobriety with some people, some people that I've worked with. And again, I didn't do the work. They did the work. I just cheered them on. But after 20, 25, 30 years of, of struggling with addiction, complete 12 months, 365 days of sobriety. It's bloody amazing. There's a first time. And while I'm interested in what people can achieve on a practical level, the thing that excites me most is watching who they become, who they become in the middle of that first, doing something for the first time, especially something that is hard, something that is uh, uncomfortable, something that is challenging, something that is unfamiliar, something where there is no guarantee of success. I love that. I've seen countless insecure, emotionally fragile, fearful people transform into confident, passionate, and powerful achievers by leaving their emotional safety net, stepping into the fear and doing something new, doing something unfamiliar, doing something tough, doing something challenging and transformational, getting off that metaphoric couch, stepping out of that 
that safety net or away from that safety net, that bubble. Sometimes the gift is actually the journey, not the destination. We get to the destination sometimes we go, yeah, it's cool. But but where I believe the best part is actually the way there because it's the way there, it's the journey where we grow, where we learn, where we evolve, where we adapt. You know, sometimes we think that we want the thing at the end of the journey, and we do. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. But what we don't understand is the true gift is not the achievement of the thing at the end. The true gift is who we become in the middle of doing the work to achieve that thing. There's been so many firsts in my life that have shaped me, that have molded me, that have developed me, that have given me insight and resilience. Like the first time I went for a run when I was morbidly obese, when I could not run, I literally couldn't run for 200 meters. I was 14 years old and I was so fat. And this is not me being inappropriate or politically incorrect. I am talking about myself. I was literally, I'm talking about physiologically fat, so fat that it was very hard for me to run because I was carrying 30 kilograms of weight that my body didn't need, non-functional weight. But that first run, in when I did that first run, when I got off the couch, the literal and metaphoric couch, when I got uncomfortable, when I got to my emotional tipping point, when I did that thing, something happened. Something happened. So I used my body in a different way. I did something that, and, and I, I can't even remember how far my first jog was. I feel it was maybe. And when I say jog, I was out and about. I probably covered, I feel like I've said five kilometers before, but I think it's less. But anyway, let's say three or four. But 90 or 80, 80% of that was walking because I couldn't run continuously. So I'd walk a bit, I'd run a bit, I'd walk a bit, I'd run a bit. But I got home and I did something that I'd not done before. I did something I didn't need to do that I chose to do. I did something that what I wanted to do was go home after school and eat food. What I did was I went home after school, got changed and ran. And it was just in the middle of that saying no to something for the first time. No, I'm not going to do that thing that I do every single night, which is come home and just gorge myself on food, just numb out with food, just comfort myself with food. I'm not going to do that. I went for the run and I went for that run and something happened. I felt proud of myself. I never felt proud of myself. It's like a door opened. There was like a tiny bit of light in the darkness. And for me, it was fucking magic. I remember setting up my first business. I set up my first, well, that's not true. I had a business for that when I was 18, but uh, 19, a, a um, screen printing business. But my first bricks and mortar business with employees and with equipment and with a landlord and with rent and with insurance and all of these things where I'm 26 years old, I'm, I have a company. I'm, and, and it was just signing a lease and and taking on all of these grown-up responsibilities for the first time. I learned more in that year about life, about communication, about relationships, about business, about money, about marketing and branding and understanding other humans and understanding me and resilience and fucking work ethic. That first business, that first year, that first time, 
was amazing for me. It was transformational for me. It, it's like I'd come home. I worked for eight years for other people. Then all of a sudden I was doing this thing and I went, this is where I'm meant to be. I'm, I'm not an employee. I don't want to work for someone else. It's not that it's bad, but it's not right for me. And it was that first decision, that first time, that first lease, that first business. And I found myself in the middle of that strange land of unfamiliarity and uncertainty and unpredictability, but it's where I thrived. My first paid speaking gig, my first, it was terrible. I got paid 50 bucks. I spoke to a bunch of blokes who worked in a timber yard. I was fucking horrible. They hated it. Uh, I was no good. I maybe said one or two things that landed in half an hour of not landing. I maybe said one thing and maybe one bloke smirked or giggled. Uh, I maybe got, I don't know, one slither of positive feedback, but for the most part, it was fucking terrible. But what was amazing is in the middle of that, in the middle of that, I knew that I had some potential. I knew that while I was terrible at that moment, I knew that I could get better. And, and I was excited to do the work. I was I fully aware that I was a white belt. I was fully aware that I had years of training and work and effort and pain in front of me to become a black belt. And I well and truly knew I was not anywhere near where I needed to be to be a professional speaker. But it was that first. And, and, and there's got to be a first time. My first radio gig, my first TV gig, my first book, the first podcast that I did, I don't know how many that was mine, which I did with some other people, which was years ago now, probably seven years ago, didn't work. But I learned something. The second pod, and I don't mean episode, I mean show. The first show didn't work. The second show didn't work. The third show didn't work. The fourth show, which was the new pro, the sorry, the U project, which is my other show now, it worked. But it didn't work for hundreds of episodes. It eventually worked. But it's in the messiness and it's in the the failure and it's in the the lack of results that I figured out what doesn't work and I figured out how I needed to improve and what would resonate with people and what wouldn't. And I learned about audio and I learned about production. I learned about the business of podcasting and I learned about sponsors and I learned about how to interview people better. And I learned, but none of that would have happened if I didn't do a first podcast. In the middle of all of my failure, and there has been much, I learned and I grew and I built resilience and awareness and understanding. But none of that happens unless there's a first. Let's take a break. All right, team, we're back. I hope you got something out of that. My question today, not surprisingly, is what do you need to try for the first time? What do you need to do for the first time? What do you need to be brave enough to step into, to own up to, to acknowledge, to try for the first time? See you tomorrow.